0: Shut up and sit down. Rex is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu brown belt under Higan Machado, a professional mixed martial artist, and a beer lover. Garrett is a former pro wrestler turned professional announcer and Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner, and also a lover of all things beer. Together, they are the Northwest Hop Team. Sit down and listen as Rex and Garrett talk local beer and MMA. What's good, what's not, and what's coming up in beer and MMA.
1: All right, welcome to the Northwest Hop Team Podcast. This is a fan-supported and listener-supported podcast supported by people just like you. We'll be giving to you free of charge every single Wednesday at SoundCloud.com. Potomatic.com and GlobalCombatNetwork.com. Yes, and we also want to give a
0: shout-out to our sponsors. Uh, please check out Karma Fight Gear, and you can find them at Karma with a K, K-A-R-M-M-A, Fight And you can get yourself or a fighter something.
1: So uh, this week in our show, we're going to be coming from uh, Salem Aleworks in Salem, and uh, some of the things we're going to include in this podcast that you might want to keep listening to is the Knuckleheads fight coming up and the Sasquatch Brewfest. So uh, stay tuned, and you're going to get the rest of that information here shortly.
0: Nice. And today, we, we are at Salem Ale Works. You can find it at 2027, 25th Street Southeast, Salem, Oregon. That's 97302. And you can find them on the interweb at aleinsalem.com. Today, our first beer that we're going to start with is called Stout. And I say it like that, Stout, because it's got an exclamation mark at the end, and it's S-T-O-U-T, exclamation mark, Stout. This beer is a roasted malt, aromas of coffee beans and bittersweet chocolate, moderate roasted malt flavors ranging from caramel to dark chocolate with a bit of malt. <clears throat> malted sweetness finishes with a mild approachable bitterness
1: not mm. to mention don't worry you can also follow us on untapped uh go to android or itunes down the untapped app uh you can follow me garrett at uh on untapped at shocker nw24 and rex over here at Pain p-a-y-n-e 77 so uh let's see what you got rex
0: well i'm looking at this stout it doesn't look like it has very much of a head on it it um, it is dark. It's not. It's not so dark you can't see through it. The nose on it. Yeah. Not much of a nose. I smell a little of the coffee in there that they talk about. I'm gonna go ahead and and take a sample of it. My initial my initial thought on this is it's very smooth. And, and a lot of stouts are. I think a, a good stout is smooth.
1: It's gotta be if it's got your malty flavors uh and your your chocolate and it. it's gonna it's gonna be smooth like a, a chocolate milk would be almost
0: nice I, I like that analogy chocolate milk we have this stout right here stout with the exclamation mark
1: and for me on the nose i get a lot of chocolate on the nose not as much coffee but again rex is the not the stout guy per se we're trying to we're trying to convert him but he's he's not quite yet no i'm the ipa guy yeah but uh, for me, this is uh, very, very tasty in terms of, of stout.
0: Yeah, the, the quality of this beer is really good. It, you can tell it's very clean. And even when we walk in here, this is a very clean facility. Um,
1: it's, it's a brewery, and it's, their, it's where they're housing their, their taproom as well. So, I mean, from where we're sitting to where they're brewing beer is a good 20 feet, so you can see everything in action and see it happening and it is a very clean facility
0: so it's harder to get <clears throat> it's hard to, to get beer as fresh as that would you agree
1: <laughs> yeah i definitely would agree uh i mean yeah. <laughs> 20 feet to
0: the tap and, yeah. and then in our four ounce sampler right here
1: yeah and that's uh, not a bad deal with their samplers that uh you're getting a four ounce sample they're calling it a five ounce sample but they fill it up pretty much full so it's four to five ounces for a buck a piece and they've got t- we've got ten beers on tap today so uh this might run a little long, but you're going to want to stick around for all 10 beers.
0: For sure. And now that I've finished the stout, I'm I'm going to say that it's very a very even mix. For me, it's a very even mix between the coffee and the chocolate.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um it's smooth. Again, I don't it doesn't really have a, a thick head on it. For for those of you watching live right now, <clears throat> um you can see that there there is a lot of the foam stuck to the glass right here. Yeah. If you want to know if your beer is good, it will have foam that sticks to the glass. If it does not, then it is a cheaper quality beer. So I, I think I'm going to rate that as an excellent beer. I'm going to do that on Untapped right now. You can find me at
1: rpain77 and my buddy Garrett at... I'm shocker nw 24 Girl rex though it's a uh, p-a-y-n-e not p-a-i-n although uh when you're in the cage it's a lot of p-a-i-n it
0: could be, it could be. there's been times
1: where it has been <laughs> all right and starting off our our news for the week <clears throat> excuse me central beer week's gonna end on the 31st of this month so make sure you head over to the uh, ben redmond area for central oregon beer week Go over and sample some stuff from Deschutes or you know Boneyard, uh, Rat Hole, any of those breweries over there. You can't really go wrong with anything over there, along with all the other activities that they've got going on. Uh, and it'll be over the 31st of May. All right, Rex. Second beer.
0: Our second beer. <clears throat> our second beer will be Smoky the the Barrel, and there's a interesting spelling on Barrel. It is bare like a uh, grizzly bear if you will so smoky the b-e-a-r-r-e-l it's got a 7% ABV and the IBUs 32 low IBU IB as there should be in, in the darker beers or the stouts it's a smoked porter aged in uh, whippersnapper whiskey barrels from Ransom Spirits Oregon dark roast with a light smokiness melds into hints of oak vanilla and whiskey from the barrel so here's our first I, I believe there's a couple today here's here's our first one uh that's been aged aged in the oak barrel um from a whiskey barrel
1: this one's a little harder to find
0: <laughs> i uh, i got it yeah i I personally always have kind of mixed feelings about beers that have been aged it in uh, barrels with with whiskey, so... That, on, the, on the
1: nose, I can definitely smell that whiskey barrel on the nose, easy. Absolutely. Which, honestly... Yeah, it's right out front there. Yeah, for me, it's not, not that bad. I, I don't mind a barrel-aged beer for the most part, uh, especially if it's dark, but I've had some beers here and there that have it, been like tequila-aged, <laughs> which is sort of weird to me, but that's neither here nor there. <clears throat>
0: I think with the whiskey, it has to be a dark beer. But if I if I was gonna have tequila aged beer, I think that I'd rather have a lighter beer. With that tequila and IPA, seem like they might mix. Yeah. Stouts and whiskey seem is definitely a popular mix. Yeah, bourbon and, yeah, and stouts and him. I have no
1: idea how busy he is. Uh, yeah, I definitely like that too. It's not as not as strong on the nose as it is on the palate. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, it <clears throat> it goes down really smooth.
1: Look at Rex; he's just sipping it, learning something. But wait till we get the IPAs; those are going to be down quickly.
0: Yeah, I tend to savor ones that I'm, I'm unfamiliar with to get that um, experience, if you will.
1: But yeah, this is pretty mild compared to what I would normally consider a, a whiskey barrel aged. Usually, you get a lot of the whiskey, or even a, if it's a bourbon barrel, you get that really heavy. In the mouth taste of the whiskey or bourbon, you don't hear at all, which is it's pretty nice. I'm not not used to it, but it's uh, it's good stuff.
0: Yeah, again, w- what I'm finding <clears throat> with this beer, my second beer here from Salem Ale Works, is uh it's it's a very even mix of the flavors. It, it's smooth. It's it's a clean tasting beer, and all the flavors are are mixed very evenly. The, but both of these beers i would not only have a pint of it's something i would sit down and relax
1: with absolutely oh man just give us a second we'll be we'll be we'll be back
0: (laughs) and what i like about this one smoky the the barrel uh is that the whiskey doesn't stand out so much that it tastes like there's a, a a hint of, whi- or I guess there is a hint of whiskey, but it doesn't it, it doesn't stand out to where it's not I feel like I
1: need a chaser. Yeah, it's not overpowering, that's for sure. Finding this one on untapped on is a little bit difficult, but uh, all right, Rex. So what do we got next? We've got the uh, results from Johnson Cormier from this past Saturday. Yes, it, and <clears throat> this was an excellent fight card. Um,
0: <clears throat> you know, there, there's going to be so many UFCs, and every weekend there's a UFC, and there's fights all the time, and you know they can almost blend you know blend into each other but this fight card in itself had several fights that were very good uh stood out and and i really enjoyed watching this last night
1: yeah so did i and i watched it it was kind of ironic rex texted me and said "Uh, i'm watching the fight so we'll be able to you know to talk about it i was like, yeah it's good because my wife wants to watch it which isn't very common but you know if you got a wife that likes mma it definitely helps
0: Yes, and, and I do as well. And, and uh, We went to a little gathering last night, a UFC party, if you will, and uh, had a great time. Um, let's talk about Brown and Arlovsky. That might have been, in my opinion, the fight of the night. I agree. stole the show. Yep. And Arlovsky came out, and he's always been been very clean, very technical striker. Yep. Um, and true to form, he came out, and he was landing punches. The knock on Arlovsky, his whole career has been – Been a weak chin. And, uh, you know, some of us get that knock a little bit. But he did get that chin tested at one point. He caught a punch. (laughs) He He got a big punch. Big punch. He got dropped (laughs) to all fours. He's turtled up. I almost thought he was going to cave and give up. But he didn't. He fought his way back to his feet, landed some more strikes, and won that fight convincingly. And I I thought he looked great. For an old school guy like myself that has always liked uh, Andre... Orlovsky, I really enjoyed that fight. That was a great fight.
1: Yeah, and I've was a, I've been a fan of Orlovsky back when it was, you know, Andre Orlovsky wow. for the title way, way back in, like, 06, coming out to hate breed. I mean, he, he was he was just mean back then, and that's why I liked him. And for him to dismantle Travis Brown the way he did was pretty impressive. I mean, I, I picked Orlovsky to win, but I didn't think it would be a first-round TKO or KO the way it was. I thought it was going to go three.
0: Yeah, it's hard to say with Arlovsky. He is a fast starter, you know, and he's very technical. And, and if we think back of him in the trilogy he had with uh, Tim Sylvia, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes those fights end quickly. And, and when he started landing those clean, clean strikes, um, it became apparent immediately that Travis Brown felt that. And uh, yeah, that was that was a, it was a good fight for the fans. It was a good fight for MMA and the UFC. I, I, Along with a great card,
1: yeah, let's go with uh, next fight. We got we'll do a couple here and then have another beer. We have Cerrone and, and McDessie. This wasn't as one sided as I thought it was going to be. I figured Cerrone was just going to take McDessey apart and it was going to be short and sweet, but McDessey held his own, had good angles. He was throwing that straight left jab in there to keep uh, Cerrone at distance, even though Cerrone was much taller. I mean, he was six foot one and McDessey was five eight. But uh, it took Cerrone a lot longer than I thought it would to just take McDessie apart. And McDessie actually broke his jaw and called timeout, which I don't think you can call timeout in MMA. But, uh, I mean, that was his way of just verbal tapping, you know, I'm done.
0: It's a verbal submission. And I
1: myself, I've seen it a few
0: times where guys is actually act, signal, if you can't let the camera there, I'll show it is that timeout signal like they're playing basketball and every time you do that it will get the fight stopped immediately there's no timeouts in MMA nope um yeah as I watched this fight unfold and again I thought Cerrone would win and he did win and it was it was a good fight in its own right but I I thought Cerrone did control it the, the entire way and uh you know, just to look like himself, and and he's just he's just a bad man. Cerrone, he's one of my favorites to watch.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're right, you're and, and, and Cerrone's one of those guys that it's pretty much uh oh, I'm I'm gonna fight anybody anytime anywhere, and it, he doesn't say well, but this guy, it's it's pretty much well, you need somebody to me fight? All right, I'll do it. He he just wants money to buy toys because that's pretty much the way he's explained it.
0: I- I love that he has an RV that he just rolled around the countryside in, you know, and trains at different gyms and, and shows up. And here he is. He was in Oregon last year. Yep. Um, not too long ago, trained at Rose City Fight Club, which is probably undoubtedly the best fight team in, in Portland. Uh, trained there. He went and then took his RV out to Astoria. He was checking out the Goonie House. Uh, you know, he, he lives a life. And, and it. I think he... I really think he's going to get a title shot next, and I wouldn't be surprised if he is the next UFC champion at, at lightweight.
1: Yeah, I mean we can't we got to fault him though a little bit since he's a he's a Budweiser fan, but uh, you know.
0: No, no, no. He he's a Budweiser sponsored man.
1: Okay, true. Haven't seen one in his hand yet. But... Yeah,
0: I, I haven't seen none. A Budweiser go down to goal, but you know if if you're going to get the money from Budweiser, you'd probably wear the logo.
1: Yeah, I'll agree with you. I'll agree with you. All right, let's go to our next beer. All right.
0: Our next beer is the old, the old Reveller, uh, a multi-old l with a great depth of body, nutty and caramel flavors, accompanied by a slight warming mouthfeel from the higher ABV. And the ABV is eight point three.
1: Hmm. Hold on. I'm grabbing it right here. Um, I, don't, I don't get anything on the nose at all. It
0: says it's a sweet, smooth, and creamy, and I like creamy beers. Uh, it's sweet, smooth, and creamy with notes of dried fruit, coffee, and chocolate. Yum. I get nothing on the nose. That, that's almost incredible. There's no smell at all.
1: But I'll, I'll agree. It's, it, it's a super creamy beer. It's really, really tasty.
0: The, the foam on top, it has a thick foam. Color again—it's a lighter colored stout. I can't see through it. It's got that dark, dark amber color.
1: Here we go. Oh, Rex is sucking it down. What's he think? What's he think? What's he think? Oh God! He likes cream beer. I—I I like it. You know, with an IBU of 45,
0: ABV of 8.3. What, what I love about the beers I've had here so far is not only the high ABV. Again, if you follow our show, you, you will know that I, uh, I always like the beer with the higher ABV. but
1: All the faster to get you drunk with, right?
0: Also, well, you know, if, uh, it's good to drink with purpose. It's good to do things in life with purpose and intent. This is true. Yeah, you have to have a plan. You have to do things. If I want to drink a beer, I want to get a little bit of a buzz don't drink and drive it, don't drink and drive ever <laughs> all right we're three beers in and i'm gonna say again it, it's an even mix of flavors it's hard to pick out anything distinctly on its own but
1: it's super creamy which is it's, awesome
0: it is awesome I, I do like the creamy beers um it's smooth clean I we keep saying clean it's just they make good beer here
1: yep See, and you you were curious whether this was gonna be any good, and I told you that Salem L Works is gonna be good. Just gotta just gotta trust me, man. I
0: hadn't heard of it before, and that's part of the thing I love about this show is there's so many so many breweries in Oregon and in the Northwest, and, and we go all over and we check them out and, and get a review on. But um, each one has its own uh, atmosphere, if you will, its own environment. This this particular place, I really like the uh, Salem L Works. They they, uh, you could call it saw. Their logo is the saw for Salem L Works. Um, you can see there's a lot of homage, uh, to the logging industry, which you know is part of Oregon's
1: uh, heritage Absolutely.
0: and tradition. Yep, um, and I like it. I like this place, I like their beers so far we're three in i i would drink a pint of, of any yeah, three
1: of them absolutely and again follow us untapped i'm shocker nw24 and rex would be R pain p-a-y-n-e 77 he's brand new to untapped i'm a seasoned veteran so uh you'll yeah.
0: see it Garrett is the seasoned veteran I'm kind of new to all of all of the internet stuff I, I know how to work my Facebook And that's about <laughs> it So I, I actually have to hit Garrett up Throughout the day, throughout the week And, and ask him how this internet stuff works But um, I'm going to go ahead and finish this sampler it's a, it's a It is a 4 ounce sampler A little Maybe a little more closer to 5 But I'll finish it right here You can watch, if you're watching live And you should be
1: and, I mean, and again, four to five ounces for a buck, that's that's definitely the way to go. So you, you just can't go wrong, honestly. No. All right, so the next fight we've got coming up, we've got uh, the semi-main event or co-main event. The co-main event always seemed weird to me when I had to have to announce it in a, in a fight. It's To me, it's a semi-main event. It's the undercard still. You had Chris Weidman versus Vitor Belfort. It's not the undercard, it's the co-main. It's the, it's the co-main because there's a title involved. But this fight went exactly as I thought it wouldn't go. I did not expect Vitor to get dominated.
0: Yeah, I had I had a friend I, again. I, you know, being a professional MMA fighter, I, I always talk MMA with a lot of people, and um, you know, throughout the week, I always have a lot of guys hit me up my opinions. They tell me theirs, and and, and I love talking fighting with people and. <laughs> What I've noticed is I tend to root for people kind of like as a fan, like like I've watched v since for 20 years now, and uh, I wanted him to win. I, I'd like to think he could, but my friend, again, uh, Ben Seaman, great wrestler, great fan of the UFC, All-MMA, he told me, and I disagree with him, he said, Wyman's unbeatable. I said, no one's unbeatable, but I'm, I'm starting to lean that way that the – the middleweight division right now is in the Chris Chris Weidman era, if you will, and and I don't I don't know who's going to stop him.
1: I I honestly don't know either, but uh, I, I, do you think uh, Rockhold is, is the guy next in line, or do you think that uh, Jacare is the next guy in line? I'm a huge Jacare
0: fan, and I've even gotten to train with some of his black belts, uh, namely Jeff Joss Jocelyn in Canada, um, and. You know, I, I love Jacare. I, I would like to see him get that shot, actually.
1: And I agree. I think even though Rockhold just dismantled Machida, I think that, that Jacare would be a better matchup because of Jacare's ground game. Even off of his back, he's good. And that's what Wyden wants to do is he wants to put you on your back.
0: J- Jacare, you know, he's working more on his striking. Um, he He's won so many world championships in jiu-jitsu. No one questions his ground game. His, no. But yeah, he's great off his back. His wrestling's good. I don't think his wrestling's as good as Weedman's Weidman. Weidman. <laughs> I don't think Weidman's jiu as good as Jacare's, Not obviously. Even. Uh, who has the better striking? At, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I would love, I think that's the fight that the fans want to see, I, I
1: hope. That's uh, a fight I want to see. Well, and, and regardless, even if it goes Wyman Jacare and the winner of that gets Rockhold or Rockhold gets the winner of that, however you want to look at it, that's two fights in the middleweight division. That, those are money fights, no matter which how you work those three guys in.
0: Oh, for sure. I, the middleweight division right now, it, it's in a good spot because you have a, a new champion, a newer champion, new worries, if you will, um, and he did dismantle. A legend, Anderson, yeah, Anderson Silva, who is the, the goat, the greatest yes. of all time. Yes, N- no one questions that. Um, he dismantled him, and he and he beat him twice. he's now beat Vitor Belfort, who is an absolute legend. Um, Jacare, you know, there there are guys looking up at it, and I think 185 is that division right now, where where people are wondering how how good is the current champion. Um, and there's a few guys looking up, and I, I think there's a few great fights right there.
1: So here's my one question for you, because you, you're you in this a little further than I am. Machida is number five in, in the rankings, in middleweight. Yeah. But Weidman's beat Machida, and Rockhold's beat Machida. How does Machida stay in number five, being beat by the number three and the number one guy? It seems like you'd, he'd be dropping down further than five.
0: Well, we haven't added up, you know, if you say one and three, we don't add up to five. So Machida's beating some guys.
1: Yeah, I um, agree. But,
0: the, you know, I, I don't know. I've never really been a Machida fan, and that's mostly because he carries that karate torch so strongly. Yeah. And, um, you know, for the last five or six years or maybe longer, people think that <clears throat> traditional martial arts actually have a place in MMA and, and I disagree as a professional mixed martial artist I'll say martial sports do and I don't believe karate is a martial sport and and what you see in Machida is what he uses of karate I'll, I'll see that pie slicing or, or triangular footwork and, and and things he does from karate but he's throwing uppercuts from boxing he's doing a Thai clint you know Machida is a mixed martial artist
1: and um uh,
0: my my knock on Machida that I don't like is that he, he's always pumping karate so much, and, and I don't think he's a karate stylist as much as he's a mixed martial artist. Anymore. It, anymore. It, <clears throat> do I think he's going to be the champion again? No. I, I don't see him beating uh, the current champion at all. Um, but I, I, think he, I think he sits at number five fine because he has that name. He has that established name. He's beaten... <laughs> Some legends himself. He's true. beaten uh, some guys that are going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, That's like true. DJ Penn. Yeah. Um. But no, I don't. I don't see him pushing uh, the champion. All
1: right. I was just. I. I was just checking. I wanted I wanted to see your opinion on that because I. I just didn't see him at number five. I saw him closer to like number seven. You bring your who, six and seven guys up. Who, who in the middleweight <laughs> do I bring up? I don't know. But if you're considered in the top five and you've been beaten by two of the five two of the four top five guys i don't know that you're still in the top five that's all i'm saying it
0: seems like to me that makes sense if you're the top five and you're looking up and the two guys within the top five have beat you now if you're number five and you've been beaten by number seven and number nine right then then i think you I, i see that argument but you know, if you're number five and number one and number three beat you, well, yeah, you're number five. Sure,
1: and but, I'm not. I'm not knocking Machida at all. Again, great fighter. I mean, the, the karate great style. mixed martial artist. Yeah, I the, don't the, the, think he's a karate style. The, the 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 karate style he kind of innovated into MMA, at least in my opinion. Uh, I, I, at least I do in see UFC. the footwork.
0: I do see the footwork from karate, and he does. He does throw that one. Uh, I don't know if it's a horse the, punch. He does. He does have a good straight punch that looks like karate. He's got that pie slicing or triangular footwork. Looks like karate. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think he, yeah, I think Machida is great.
1: All right. It was long winded, but I like it. All right, let's try. Let's get this next beer. <laughs> we went long on that one.
0: Yes, uh, it's because of the strong ABVs, I believe. Next, we have the Beacon IPA, um, and <laughs> I myself am an IPA man. I, Right now I'm looking at the ABV. Here it is a 6.7, an IBU. at 60. That sounds exactly like an IPA should. And it says this light copper beer has huge citrus and tropical fruit aromas with subtle notes of resin and pine. With just enough sweetness from the malt to balance the hot flavors and the moderate bitterness, this Northwest IPA is very drinkable and serves as a great beer for any occasion.
1: And judging by the nose, it, it knows noses. Is that a word? Noses. It, it's it's nose is just like a typical Northwest IPA. It's piney and fruity, which is really really typical of a Northwest IPA. But again, Northwest makes the best IPAs, so can't go wrong.
0: and a lot of that is <clears throat> is due to IPA is a hoppy beer. And the Northwest is famous for hops. We have yeah. the Willamette hops, the Cascade hops, Willamette Valley hops. Um, yeah, Northwest is a great uh, IPA scene. There, There's also Northwest
1: Pale Ale is its own style. Um, oh, Rex, is, Rex has got to get this thing down and see what he thinks. Uh, it, to me, it's it's a lot milder than I'm going to think, but it's 6.7 uh, it's, in your alcohol. Let me finish. You, yes, sir. settle Go down.
0: Ahead. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> With 6.7, it's it's mild. It's to me one of the kind of beers that you could sit and drink a pint or two of, and just sit around hanging out with your friends and watch some UFC or watch whatever. I would get a growler of this just because of it. it's it's a traditional Northwest IPA in taste. Go ahead. No, I I think Garrett's right on
0: the money. Um, I I taste the the Northwest influence, if you will, mm. and um, there's that Northwest influence in this beer. It is an IPA. I can taste, I can taste the hops, mm-hmm. and and so far every beer I've talked about, the even flavors, of, of everything, and, and this has this too. I can taste the hops, the the IPA hops. Yeah, it, it's a little different. I I, I like it though. I, yeah, I like it. This is a good IPA.
1: I mean, like I said, it's piney and fruity on the nose, which is yes. kind of typical. But it's it's not as strong as you would never defi- definitely expect out of an it's, IPA.
0: It's that fruity is what. <laughs> makes Northwest IPAs or Pale Oils distinct, if you ask me, and it is the citrus with it.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's the citra hops that usually most beers that most IPAs that have that fruit flavor are going to have citra hops or Simcoe hops to have that fruity flavor. And Rex is he's 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 uh percolating the beer, he's he's deciding. I can see it in his eyes.
0: I like it so far, we're on four beers here, and I, I'm gonna be honest. As I always am, I'm a pretty straightforward person. Um, it's a great beer, and every beer here has been <laughs> outstanding. This is a great choice, Garrett.
1: Hey, you know, I've been in Salem now for nine years, born and raised in Eugene. We will get to Eugene Breweries here sooner than later, trust me. For sure. But uh, I knew that Salem works put, put together good beers from when they opened. I was here when they opened, or a few days after they opened. And knew even back then that their that their beers or what they brewed was great. Nailed it. Nailed it. Finally, <clears throat> perfect. No, we played some cards. Alright, now we're on to the main event of UFC 187, Anthony Rumble Johnson versus Daniel D.C. Cormier. And this, again, didn't go as I figured it would either. DC just he was a grinder against Anthony Johnson. Anthony Johnson, as strong as he is and as dynamic of a, a fighter, is he got he got Gassed. That's the bottom line to me. I mean, after the first round, he's got his eyes closed. He's just huffing and puffing. And Cormier's over there, like, all right, I'm cool. Let's let's go round two. And Cormier ground him down and made him and, and just he. That's how he got the win. He just wrestler. Just, just beat the shit out of him. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know whether he necessarily beat the shit out of him, but he he broke his will. That's and that to me is is in a fight i mean granted i've never had a, a mma fight and you've had several yeah, i mean i don't know 38 I would say... yeah 38's more fight. than several we've had a yeah. shit pile of them but if you can break somebody's will that's almost more impressive than just knocking them out
0: yeah and
1: and that's what it
0: is in fighting it is it is <laughs> You you have to look at your opponent and and figure out how you are going to break their will. Because before, people will let you break their arms in an armbar. People let you choke them out cold. People do do all sorts of things because no one wants to lose. What you have to do in an MMA fight to win is break that man's will. And uh, once that's done, the wins are easy. And you know, as Garrett's saying that. You know Cormier broke his will. I I, I wanted to see Johnson win, and uh, clearly it was. A, I, I hate to sound redundant. I'm gonna blame it on the ABV of these samples.
1: Yeah, we're only but, halfway in. <laughs>
0: we're halfway in. This is gonna be an exciting show, folks. Stay tuned. Uh, but as Garrett said, uh, Cormier, Cormier dominated, and I think he's a great champion. And while Jones. John Jones might have to do some prison time and,
1: uh,
0: you know. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Yeah, be put away for a minute. I, I, I think Cormier pretty much is going to run that division. I don't see anyone at 205. That's, you know, 155 has an interesting look because I think Cerrone ready to take the belt or, or at least challenge for it. 185 has a few contenders and a guy that might be <coughs> unstoppable um but you know some of the divisions don't look that deep and i think Cormier is probably going to own 205 until Jones is ready to return
1: and not to mention yeah. if you have someone like Daniel Cormier who was a two-time Olympian and your UFC light heavyweight champion that's good just in the simple fact that for marketing and for the face of UFC at the light heavyweight division your your UFC champion is a is a former olympian i mean that's that's good pr right there and the fact that cormier will back it up that's that's what i would do as you can hear in the background that's all kinds of uh brewery stuff going on some ice probably back there i'm not gonna even bother turning around and looking but uh that's one of the one of the things about this fight that i i saw is you know johnson he's a beast but cormier can be the the uh the poster boy for the for the division because of that pedigree he has in the Olympic background. Because, I mean, you have if, you, if you're an Olympian, you automatically earn respect. It doesn't matter what you're an Olympian, ping Absolutely. pong or whatever.
0: An, an Olympic mm-hmm. athlete, no matter what it is you do, is an Olympic athlete. Exactly. And um, but Cormier is also he's a well-spoken guy. Yep. Anthony Johnson is good for the sport too. He's very professional. He's a good, good, well-spoken guy, but. But, but Cormier has a, a, a flair about him, if you will, where he's also entertaining, yeah. and and he does uh, some of the broadcasts where he's a color commentator yeah. or, or involved in a broadcast. And I like him; he does that role very well. He fights very well. Um, I think he's going to carry the division until John Jones returns, and, and I guess we'll see how if he can beat him at that point. I, I you know, you take a few years off, whatever it's going to be for
1: Jones. Yeah.
0: You know, it might be Cormier's division for a long time.
1: Well, yeah, and, and uh, Milky, Jones, uh, his manager has said it's a 50-50 right now whether Jones is going to come back to the UFC. I mean, if it was me, Jones is coming back whenever all this stuff gets settled uh, with you know the hit-and-run stuff. But I don't know if in a year or two if Jones comes back, if it's going to be – the same fight that it was when cormier and jones fought the first time
0: no undoubtedly it will not be because cormier will have the belt he'll he'll have that desire to keep it he'll be in the game he he will have been training he'll been eating sleeping breathing he will be mma all the way he's the champ he wants the money he, you know you carry the belt you get the money like it's a lifestyle everything jones might go to prison <laughs> that's true if he goes to prison for a few years and lives that lifestyle and, and he's eating prison food and training when he can and
1: i don't think one hour a day in the yard is gonna really be good for your mma no, career you're gonna do is
0: lift weights and, and he's gonna be like like uh, reuben hurricane carter what <laughs> shadow boxing in his jail cell it, it's not going to be good. And if he's going to get out and do, you know, Hey, well, look it's hard world. to step out of the game for a few years, I would imagine, and come back and fight for the UFC belt. So I actually think that the whole thing favors
1: Cormier to be the champ for a long time. Well, but look on the bright side. If if, if uh, Jones is in prison, let's just say he's he goes to prison for a year, he's going to get uh, jacked up because all he's going to be doing is lifting weights. He might be the new contender in the heavyweight division. Huh. And they've
0: talked about that actually. Jones is a big two hundred five, and he's yeah. a big man. But
1: um, <clears throat> how would how, you think of that? If it was, oh well, I did, did a little little uh, little spill in the uh, in the jail, so now I'm going to go go to heavyweight, and I'm going to go do, try and dominate that division. That seems like a, that could happen. Quote me on that right now. All right, I'm going to mark that down. <laughs> I'm, look, I got my phone. Yeah, he, right? I, I wrote it down,
0: and uh, you're quoted.
1: Yeah. So if Jones goes to heavyweight. You know, after all this is over, you heard it first from me. It wasn't from any of the uh, internet websites. It wasn't from Ariel Hawani, It was from me, Garrett Garrett, Ferdig.
0: That's right.
1: All right, let's get this next beer, man. Here we
0: are. The Jefferson Pale Ale. The malt base provides a clean, crisp, light body from which the hops springboard to your palate and nose. Let me check the nose. Not big on the nose. Yeah, that, that um,
1: silence is a smelling beer.
0: Yeah. Um, this hop-forward spring ale brings plenty of floral citrus aroma and taste without the big bitter bite.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you. I I, I tried it. It's, uh, it's, it's a pale well, ale, that's for sure. And it's, it's, it's very...
0: It's right in there, it's 6.0 ABV uh, 38 IBU, so it's going to be a little hoppy, and I haven't tried it yet, but the 6.0 is nice pale ale. 38's not not
1: not necessarily as hoppy as you'd think. It's higher in alcohol than it tastes, that's for sure. It's, let me try it. It's got a, not a session taste to it necessarily, but you could definitely sit and sip this it beer for a while.
0: It certainly looks like, an, it's got the pale L color. Absolutely,
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I can see through it. That's that's for sure. Yeah. <sighs> I like it. Yeah, it's 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 good. It's 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 very simple. They didn't oh, they didn't add anything to the pale ale to make it you know very notable. But it's it's definitely you know this is a pale ale. This is what we do for our pales.
0: Yeah, we're <clears throat> we are five beers in, and I'm. I gotta tell you, I'm I'm blown away with the beers here. They are absolutely fantastic. Yeah, this tastes just like a pillow should. The color's just like it should. If if you can see on here the the head or the foam, the residue we're talking about. Look at that. Yeah, and like that's, you said, that, that's a great. That's a great beard. Where, you know, if there's none or it runs off, or if there's none or it runs off, then then it, it's less quality. Look at that. That is a great quality beer. I'm just going to down it because that's kind of how I roll. <laughs> We've already that's discovered that. that. Yeah. So here we go. Here's going down. Uh oh. And it's gone. It's gone. Look at this. This beer.
1: Uh-oh. Let me get back it. I don't remember here. which
0: one. It, it's at least 10 or 15 minutes ago. Look at that residue. This,
1: uh, is, a, this is a good brewery. That would have been your old Reveller.
0: Old Reveller, which I think was a great beer.
1: Can you see it? With the haka, Metal, Metal horns. Metal. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. All right. Here we go. So next up, uh, we got. Nah, let me let me no, get to a little I'm, bit of beer news, I'm man. I'm sorry,
0: my friend. Go ahead.
1: We got Salem Ale Summer Homebrew Competition for anybody that uh, is a home brewer. I hope you're listening to us. If you are a home brewer, because uh, we will more than be more than happy to sample your home brews. That is for sure. Absolutely. Uh, I do have. We do have another brewery coming up, probably pretty soon. Uh, at least by the end of the year, called Ratchet Brewing here in Salem, that will be. Uh, checking out, but anyway, the uh, Salem Airworks Summer Homebrew Competition at Sparky's Brewing on Mission, uh, it's at the end of the month, or right near the end of the month, 5.30, so May 30th, uh, go to Sparky's at 1252 23rd Southeast, number 10, behind Popeye's Brewing, and enter yourself, if you're a home brewer, enter yourself into the homebrew competition, see what you can win, see what you can do, see what people think of your beers. Alright, Rex, let's get another beer in here.
0: Alright, here we are at the Pulaski pell L.
1: I'm sorry, this beard makes me laugh just because it reminds me of Saturday Night Live. And I don't know if you're a Saturday Night Live fan, but you got, you know, Bill Braski. And that's what it reminds me of.
0: Well, it's called Pulaski. And coming from a logging family and with the logging uh, motif and, and homage here, I'll tell you, Pulaski is a tool that was made by what they called river rats when they had a they used to fall timber and, and they'd put it in the rivers and then a tugboat w- would run it out to the mill and the Pulaski would be out there and, and it looks like a, a spear and has kind of a hook kind of attached to it and it would m- be made to turn logs over. And you would turn the logs over with your
1: Pulaski. Wow, it's, I'm kind of glad we would here because I didn't know you were a logging guy and I know nothing about logging.
0: Yeah, so I, I was actually a fourth generation logger uh organ through and through and I got out of it because um, you know MMA call, called me but uh but yeah I, I definitely grew up with a, a logging heritage and here we are Pulaski Pell and just as the Pulaski is a staple tool of the fire line which I don't understand our pillow is a go-to in times of thirst. <clears throat> An American style pale ale that mimics the traditional English version. The Pulaski pale ale is light amber in color with a mix of fruity and malty aromas. Uh, biscuit notes and the, the malt meld nicely with an earthy hop tones. And I'm going to correct myself here because I'm, I'm not too proud to do that, but I might have had the Pulaski wrong. It's been obviously 14 years since I, I did that. Um, the the Plasky actually looks like an axe. On one head and on the other is um, is this?
1: <laughs> sort of a pickaxe looking kind of deal. Yeah. Okay.
0: So so I had that story wrong. Here we go. What do you got?
1: Definitely get the Earth on the nose. It's it's got that uh, that I wouldn't call it Earth necessarily. It's very what am I? I don't know what... I don't know. I can't place that smell. I guess we'll call it earthy. It just... To me, it, it has a, a greens smell, which is weird. Greens is in, like, vegetables, but...
0: No, I, I, I smell that exactly.
1: I, I just couldn't exactly explain it other than that's how I that's how I get it. So...
0: I, I just love how the foam sticks through the glass. You can see the bowls. It's got a copper color. It, um...
1: It looks like a great beer. Well, it tastes like a great beer, that's for sure.
0: This is smooth.
1: Mm-hmm. It,
0: it, as a pale it, it, this might be my favorite beer of the bunch. It's really? 5.6 ABV. Yeah. 42 I, IBU.
1: Um, it's, a, it's a sit and drink a couple of them kind of beer.
0: I could drink a few of them. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> that I do is kind of your gimmick. Beer. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the beer, and uh,
1: yeah, yeah, it's. He's thinking. It has
0: the this very slight like lagerish type flavor, which I'm not a huge lager fan. Right. And then
1: finishes like a a, a perfect pale ale. Yeah, it's definitely good. It's, I've never had Pulaski, but yeah, I agree. It's, it's, I, I get the biscuit a little bit, and I don't, I don't think that's the, the greens that I was talking about. But it's, it's definitely one of those that, yeah, it's, it's, it's tasty when you get it. Like I said, greens on the nose, kind of, I guess, it's biscuity, a little bit of uh, grainy on the on the palate. It's good. That's for sure. There you go. Rex may be drunk. I'm not sure, though.
0: No, I'm just rocking on. Uh Oh, he's rocking.
1: All right. Like myself. All right. All right. So next up, we've got UFC Fight Night on May 30th. Condon versus Alves. What do you got? Hmm. Well,
0: I think that's a fantastic fight right there. I think Carlos Condon's... He's going to be tough to beat. I... i don't like to bet money on fights anything can happen in an mma fight especially at the highest level um i think carlos con is probably gonna win that fight tiago Alves is very good very good but
1: i think it's I a think, really evenly matched yeah fight. it's really
0: tough to call
1: um, hmm. i mean con was dominant in the WEC. But he hasn't really transferred that over to the to the UFC.
0: Well, his fight with Nick Diaz was really good. True. Um, and that's pretty much what I'm basing my decision on. If if we had to just call it, he he does have five inches of longer reach. Right. And he, and he's very comfortable standing up. Yeah,
1: he is a stand-up fighter. That's for sure. Tago
0: Alves is also very good with his striking. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it to Carlos Condit if I had to pick, just based on the reach and the height advantage. Um, that's my pick.
1: And I'm, I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to go with Alves, honestly. Just just to be play devil's advocate, I think that if it goes to the ground, even though Carlos is a great ground fighter and he's got a good ground game, we may just, just put it in the hole. There you go. Atta boy. <laughs> oh, man, Rex. It's beer time. It's always buddy.
0: great working with you, yeah. Garrett. <laughs>
1: So I'm gonna go with Thiago Alves. We're only gonna go for the top three fights in this uh, in this card. So we'll go to the next fight before we go to the next beer. We've got Nick Lentz versus Charles Oliveras. Olivera, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, Olivera. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> here we go. We have a, a a guy from the Ultimate Fighter TV show, Nick Nick, Nick Lentz. Lentz. Yep. He's a very well-rounded very good fighter Char- charles oliveria is very good too this is another pretty evenly matched
1: fight i don't i don't know who i would pick i mean you got number eight versus number nine which i suppose is pretty typical for a fox show as it would be um and i'm sure that uh, joe silva you know matches accordingly and it was bound to happen eventually yeah it's i'll bet this fight goes to decision But the fact, ah, wait, but it's in Brazil, so if it goes to Decision, you're probably going to give it to Oliveira because it's in Brazil. You know, and there is some of that,
0: uh, that hometown factor involved. Um, yeah, Oliveira doesn't, he doesn't go to, go to Decision very much. Um,
1: he's got a little longer reach.
0: I'm actually gonna go with Olivera on this one.
1: Okay, so we both got Olivera. Alright, let's go to our next beer, boss.
0: Alright, our next beer is the Misery Whip IPA, named after the old logging term for a two man crosscut saw, the Misery Whip. So. Look at you already spelling stuff just like I told you you would. I know that was a great prediction <laughs> very good at predicting i, I know so, how
1: rex works once he gets some alcohol in. so
0: the the misery whip if you will is it's the saw with all the big teeth on it and you have a guy on each end cr- cross-cutting now we have chainsaws do all that but here we go your misery whip is a dark copper in color this ipa Features the beloved citrus and flora aromas and flavors of hops from the Pacific Northwest. A solid malt backbone balances the heavy dosing of hops while dry hopping. And Amarillo adds a touch of fruitness to the refreshingly smooth
1: IPA. I can smell the fruit on the nose. That is full show. It is an odd color for an IPA. It's a little dark. It looks like a red. Yeah, it's a little dark, but we'll see. I love it. Yeah, it's definitely tasty, and it does have... How do I... It, it's not a typical IPA taste. No. It's It's got a little bit of that malty. It's not really malty. red
0: taste either. Yeah, right. it's malty for an IPA.
1: Yeah, it's bueno. I'm, I'm definitely for it, that's for sure. You can be able to read all that now that your notes have all been soiled in beer, which isn't a bad thing, but you probably suck them no. off. Suck the, beer, suck the beer, off the paper. No, I'm not gonna do
0: that. <laughs> I'm a man. I have some pride.
1: Had a boy. Nice.
0: Yeah. All right. So here we go. <clears throat> Misery Whip again. ABV 6.3. IBU 65. It has a it has a really red color.
1: It is it is darker than it's most a, IPAs would be. That's for sure. It's it it does almost have a. Uh, it's, it's in that in that range of an Imperial IPA almost to a red color
0: I'll say this we are seven beers in yes we are and I would order a, a pint I could drink all seven of these beers
1: man I told you I wouldn't steer you wrong
0: this is I'm very impressed with this this place and again let's give a shout out to um, Salem Animal works for making great beer
1: yeah just wait when you, when we go back over to Portland and you go to some brew pub and and you see misery whip on tap, or you see something like that on tap, yes. and you go, "I know that's a good beer," and you're gonna drink it.
0: I sure will. And our our next stop in Portland is most likely Rogue, which uh, makes great beer, and, and this I think is right up there as well. I would put this up there in far in terms of greatness as that.
1: I'm glad we're going to Portland Rogue instead of Newport Rogue because I don't really want to go to the coast. But I got you. Yes. All right. Next one we got. I do. Go ahead.
0: I actually like the Astoria Rogue the best. Have you really? been there?
1: I have not. I've only been to the... It's things. on an
0: old wharf, like, warehouse. used to be a cannery. It's got a great atmosphere. It's good. And it's got that same great uh, Rogue beer. Nice. Where are we here on our All right. uh, Fox Sports 1 main Final
1: in the top three of the Fox Sports 1 car we got KJ Nunes and Alex Oliveira. Not to be confused with uh, the previous Oliveira. Who is Charles. Charles. But we have Alex Oliveira. That's... It's weird to me that we have, what, three Oliveras? Two Oliveras? Yeah, three Oliveras on this card. Is Olivera like Jones in terms of being in Brazilian? I'm not sure. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> but you got KJ Nunes versus Alex Olivera.
0: And Silva is like Smith as well. Really? Have huh. you noticed
1: that? I haven't, but yeah. There's, there's a, a lot of Silva, ton of there's a lot of
0: Oliveras.
1: Yeah, know? I got you. Um, <clears throat>
0: KJ Nunes. I know a lot about K.J. Nunes. I don't know a lot about Alex Oliveira.
1: I like your stories because you, you you, know a lot of fighters, which is kind of impressive because I haven't only been in the fight game now for about a year, year and a half. But you've got well, so much information about guys having, who've come around.
0: Yeah, having <clears> – <throat> I guess I've been pretty lucky to be in the, in, involved in fighting and – and personally, myself fighting for now fourteen years, and uh, traveling the country and, and training in a lot of gyms and meeting yeah. people. Um, I don't know Alex Oliveira. I know KJ News. I, I know of him. I've never met him. Um, I guess I'm neutral on it. I think he's a great striker. I don't I don't think I don't know a lot about KJ News round game. Coming from Brazil, you would think Alex Oliveira. It's going to be a ground guy. might be a ground guy, but, you know, that might be stereotypical, something we fall into because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Brazil also has a huge uh, judo community. They have a huge boxing community. Even wrestling is taking hold there. So I don't know a lot about this fight. If I had to put money on it because uh, I'm a fan, I'd bet on the guy I know, which is KJ Nunes.
1: All right, so you got KJ Nunes, and, and I can't really – put my money either way. I'm not much yeah, of a betting, man. Even though last time I was in Vegas I wanted to put money on the UFC fight and then I realized it was at, uh, it. started at 11 o'clock in the morning and I was way too late for the fights, but uh, I can't put money on it. Uh, I'll say KJ News just because we've got US versus Brazil. Where is this fight located? Just so I know. This is in Brazil so Oliveira is going to be a fan favorite, that's for sure. He's going to have the Brazilian fans behind him and they are rabid, that is for sure, but I'll guess that I'm not going to give a, a prediction of a winner, but I'll predict that it's going to be a KO or a TKO one way or another.
0: Yeah, let's do it. We'll finish the fight because decisions are boring.
1: That's true. You, you, Like Dana White always says, don't leave it
0: to the judges. No. Nope. All I, right. And I myself have been in 38 MMA fights. I've never once been to a decision. I've either finished all of them or, or been finished myself. 38. 38. And I have my 39th coming up. I just That's received true. my contract... September 19th, I'm going to fight J.T. Taylor, the general J.T. Taylor, at Indian Head Casino in what, uh, Warm Springs. What
1: day is that? It's a Saturday, September 19th. September 19th. Mark that on your calendars. Go to Warm Springs Casino. That's, It'll be uh, your
0: main event, uh, Rex Payne versus J.T. Taylor.
1: Look at you guys, main event and some shit.
0: Yeah, and actually, I was... I. Uh, I don't know if you'd say do some research, but I, I was looking back and this is my seventh main event or co main event in, in a row. So Wow. Pretty fun. Pretty I mean, fun. I love fighting. It's
1: it's been a year and a half since I met you. And I met you when you fought in the main event against uh, oh shit Enoch Wilson. Yes for a great uh, main fight, event. Man. And that was a good fight, and it was like, I mean, this to me is the same kind of fight because is a veteran, you're a veteran. Yes. That was a, two veterans just going head-to-head just like this is JT and you. It's two veterans that know what they're well, doing.
0: <clears throat> well, JT actually was uh, kind of my former coach. I, I actually look at him as a mentor. Um, I, you know, I think a lot of the guy, and, you know, sometimes it just comes up where you can make money. You know, and let's be honest, that's what life is about, yep. is figuring out how to make money yep. and uh, live a nice life. And sometimes you have to fight your friends when you're an MMA fighter. And, I, you know, I think highly of J.T. Taylor. He runs a great gym. I wish him nothing but the best. But, yeah, September 19th, we're going to fight. Yep. And um, there's just two friends doing business.
1: Um, we'll definitely be giving you guys updates as this fight approaches for you to get tickets, go to Warm Springs, get your. I'm gonna try and make it there. Maybe you Re- maybe there. Rex will even let me get in his corner. You will be there, and I, and I can be in the cage. I probably won't be announcing that fight because I'm I i do not know who. I got wish announced. you would
0: because Gary is one of the best in the Northwest for you for those of you that don't know that.
1: Yeah, I'll put over Brian Mobley. I'm sure Brian Mobley is gonna be announcing this fight, but uh, and he's one hell of an announcer. But uh, I kind of wish I was announcing just so I could I could put my stamp on this fight. All right, what do we got next, boss? Next, we got
0: Hootenanny Honey Basil. Okay. <clears throat> so here's,
1: here's our work on it.
0: All you have is to drink as its name is to say. To drink as its name is to say. It's a Hootenanny Honey Basil. It's pale blonde in color. It is a very light beer. It is topped with a pure white head of foam. And that is true. I'm looking at it. It looks like it might be a creamy beer. And it has that uh, yeah, pure white head of foam. Um, only lightly hopped, the fresh basil takes over the aroma, yet remains balanced and not overpowering in taste. Uh, honey lends a touch of sweetness with the finish being dry and crisp.
1: Yeah, this, this beer is definitely on the lighter side in terms of uh, color, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I've had Hootenanny before at uh, grab movement here in salem or kaiser and uh they've had it on tap and i've had it just just to say i've tried it so we'll try it again see what happens i can definitely get the basil that is for sure
0: i seriously taste a one steak sauce i don't know what the hell
1: (laughs) which is weird because see to me i the the the, the feel (laughs) hey man to me, I get I get the basil, which always in my in my it's mouth, amazing. basil always tastes like spaghetti sauce. I taste that too. It's like and it, that's just a basil thing. I think you can say
0: it. It's basil. You can say it's a one steak sauce. You can say it's um. You know
1: what did you say? It tastes like spaghetti sauce. Spaghetti sauce. I mean because that's how basil. That's oh, yeah. that's what basil always equates to me is spaghetti spaghetti sauce. Because when I make spaghetti, I always have spaghetti sauce in it. Or I, I have, taste always I have basil it. in my spaghetti sauce.
0: I myself taste spaghetti sauce as well yeah, they're, they're and,
1: they're, they're like and and uh, no matter what
0: this, this is a brewery that we now have <clears throat> reviewed where so far i would order a pint of every beer i've tasted
1: yeah absolutely this is one of those that's it's low in alcohol but it's it's one of those, I mean, it sounds weird, but I would, this is a, a beer you'd, you'd drink with pizza. It's, you know, I would you,
0: drink this with pizza. That's a great pairing. Um, yeah. It's 4.2 ABV, so it is more of a session type beer.
1: Yeah, but um, at the same time, you go get yourself a, a pint or a pitcher of this at, yeah. at your local, you know, at Paddington's or whatever maybe here in Salem and, and drink this with your, uh, your combination pizza. That's how I would go with this.
0: Wow, Gary just hit the nail on the head, so to speak. Um, yeah, I would have a combination pizza with extra cheese, sausage. Maybe even try to get some mushrooms on there and have this uh, nanny honey basil. Perfect pairing with pizza.
1: Yeah, who 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 pairs beer with pizza? Well, Salem Mail Works they they pair beer with pizza, and
0: I'm gonna give them a cheers what?
1: on this for that that. I've well, never had a beer with been, pizza.
0: This has been a great beer. I I really like this. And Hoot Nanny Honey Basil by Salem Aleworks. Ale we, uh, we're eight beers in.
1: Yes, we are.
0: N- can you name your favorite?
1: You know my favorites are going to be Stout and Smoky the Barrel. And mine will be more IPA. Yep. Um... Oddly enough, though, this beer makes me want to go get pizza. I, I gotta say, <laughs> I don't know why.
0: This might does. be my favorite beer, and I usually uh, pick my beer by ABV. This is the lightest of all the ABVs.
1: Yeah, it's and so it's weird. Great. Like, I would go to Pizza Hut right now and get some cheesy cheesy breadsticks and drink this beer and have that cheesy breadsticks. That sounds perfect. Whereas <laughs> normally with a with a dark beer, I'm more of a uh, you know, get me a good steak from Morton's and a dark beer. That's usually how I am, but this beer has, that basil is something else. Here we go. Impressive. Let's just put it that way. All right. All uh, Go ahead. I'm gonna say it one more
0: time. <clears throat> Hootenanny Honey Basil. It's a fantastic beer from Salem Ale Works that yes. that everyone should try. That. If if you don't like beer, if you want to try beer, if you have no idea how beer is made, try Hoot Nanny Honey Basil. That is a great beer, fantastic.
1: All right. So next up, we've got Battle at the Boat 101, 101 at the Emerald Queen Casino, May 30th in Tacoma. That's boxing. I figured I'd throw this in here just for the simple fact that. Brian Holquist Productions has put on 101 boxing events at the Emerald Queen Casino. And he does not put on a bad show. The shows are well organized. They are always exciting. And let me just give you the main event and the semi main event. Main event is 10 rounds at 168 pounds. The super middleweights of Mike Gabrarski, who is 17-1-1 with 11 KOs, versus Tyrell Hendricks at 11-6-2 with four knockouts. And your semi-main event, five rounds, worth Marcelino Pindia who's 5-1-0 with 5 knockouts. If you're 5 and 1 with 5 knockouts, you are considered a knockout artist. Versus Virgil the Black Mamba Green, who is 10-3 and 0 with 3 knockouts and that dude is scary. I've I have honestly announced Virgil Green stuff and watching that guy fight is is amazing. I'm not a huge boxing fan, but to watch him fight is magic.
0: Um <clears throat> Yeah, I gotta go with Panita though. He's five and one and he's knocked out everyone
1: that he's beat. Um, that's my vote. Okay, well, you got in your semi main. You got five rounds going to uh, Panita, which is fine. We got that. All right, what do we got next, boss? We have our double bit
0: IPA, Uh-oh. which is a five hop variety. And I've had seven hop beers. I've had six hop beer. Here's a five hop beer. so five different varieties of hops it's got Cascade, Centennial, Columbus, Chinook, and Simcoe Um, give this double IP plenty of hop character I'm a hop person I love hoppy IPAs Um, it's piney it's got resin aromas and uh, flavors blend nicely with a light citrus pair well with a light malt base just enough bitterness bitterness to let you know, it's an IPA with an I, with an ABV that leaves you pleasant and
1: content. This is this is Rex's wheelhouse by far. He uh, he definitely had a uh, a pint of this beforehand. Actually, it was a it, it was a, a brandy snifter, so he knows what this is all about. And before he even got to this sampler, he had his his brandy. He said, "This beer is amazing." Let's
0: look on camera real quick if. For those of you watching us live, which you really should be. If, if you love beer and MMA, why would you not watch us live?
1: I'm going to agree with you there.
0: Yeah. Look at that head on that beer. It sticks to the glass all the way down. It's got great color. For an IPA, it's a, it's a, a little amberish for an IPA, maybe. Uh, I like the bubbles. Um, the nose on it.
1: What do you it's, see?
0: I can smell... It's weird because I smell malty.
1: Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. In an
0: IPA, that's kind of strange. But I'm going to be honest. At a 9, it's 9% ABV. It's 75 IBU. This is my favorite beer in the world
1: right now. Today. Look at the color. See, and I was nice enough to bring him here so he could find his favorite beer in the world. Look at, yeah. And look at that head.
0: Sticking to the top of the rim. This is the best beer ever. You can tell by that.
1: Whoosh, see that? And you don't get don't get a whole lot on the nose. Well, not that I kind of <laughs> <laughs> It don't really get, is. It's smooth. It's smooth. for an IPA yeah. smooth. It's uh, it's not super hoppy either.
0: Yeah, the hops don't punch you in the face. No, not at all. They don't make you want to put it down. Nope. It's very smooth. All the flavors blend. It's very rich. I'm <laughs> that's what i'm gonna say i'm gonna say that the the beers here at salem ale their flavors blend and and they're all very very rich very very good it's, it this is a good quality place
1: yeah this is one of those beers that you could probably drink a pint of maybe get a growler of but about halfway through it's gonna sneak up and it may just punch you in the face it might because at nine percent it's one of those like oh oh, oh, maybe i don't want to stand up
0: or as i'm gonna do here is at first on northwest hop team Uh i'm gonna let gary lead the show i gotta use the restroom
1: i knew that was gonna happen
0: yeah it just has to
1: all right rex is back from his bathroom break luckily we can pause this podcast it's all good you, you gotta go. You gotta go. That's and, right. I don't. And, I don't. He doesn't wear darks. He's got. He's got to go. That's how yes. it is.
0: And we're on a double bit IPA from Salem L Works. Nine percent ABV. A seventy-five IBU. Yeah. This is a great beer. I, I'm a huge fan. Um, I can't. I could just talk all day about this beer.
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, for me, this is one of those beers I'd get a growler of. Go out. I mean. I'm a I'm an imperial IPA fan, which is what this is essentially. It really is. And go get a growl over it, mow not- the grass, do do what I do in the front yard, and drink this beer because it, it it's not strong, it's not it's not really heavy on you like you'd expect an imperial to be. And uh, yeah, I could I could drink a pint or pint or three of these, no problem.
0: Yeah. And- as much as I love IPA, I love IPAs. I'm an IPA man. I don't normally love imperials. Uh, Garrett does. Yes. I, I'm not so much into them, but but this this Double Bit IPA by Salem L Works, it drinks like a normal IPA, but but has a nine percent like an imperial. This this is a great beer. And again, we can see the head or the foam. Just it sticks
1: to the glass all the way down. This is a great beer. All right, and Brex is giving you a stamp of approval on a double or an Imperial IPA. We got one more For beer sure. to go, so let's uh, let's go some MMA news real quick. We've got Battlefield League 36 at River Rock Casino in Richmond, British Columbia. So if you're a Canadian fan and you're listening to us, you need to go to uh, BFL 36 at the River Rock Casino in Richmond. Uh, this event is headlined by the matchup between Ash. Masha Giri versus Dijan Hajek. These names are really hard to pronounce. No, you're doing well. Yes. You're doing good, brother. Uh, facing each other for the BFL World Welterweight title. Here's my only problem. You can't have a World Welterweight title when you're a regional promotion. UFC can have a world title, but I don't honestly think a regional promotion can have a world weight title. World heavyweight title. That's if, just me.
0: Are they bringing in people from all over the world? Because I see Ash,
1: yeah, they're definitely, Masha Reggi, yeah, and
0: <clears throat> Dijon Hajiq. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. If people are from all over the world and they've won out their regions and are fighting each other, okay, then that, that could be a world title.
1: Good point. Good point. And uh, just real quick, I'll put out uh, June fourth, King of the Cage Awakening in court at the Coeur d'Alene Casino in Worthy, Idaho. Worthy, Idaho. Excuse me.
0: And um, being a King of the Cage veteran, I uh, support the show. I fought at that casino. It's a great show, and. Um, you know, you can't say enough, King of the Cage is one of those shows, they've been, they've been around um, in our terms since the dawn of time, which, you know, King of the Cage has been around forever, they produce produced so many great fighters, um, the Coeur d'Alene show at the, the Coeur d'Alene Casino, I fought there myself, it's a great, uh, it's a great venue, and I, I hope they continue to do many more. They're doing them in in Oregon now. They're
1: they're there, Chinook wins in Oregon. Yeah,
0: they're they're all over the country. King of the Cage, great promotion. It's lot, They uh, broadcast them on MAB TV. Yes. Um. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it's, that it's, show. It's
1: given guys in the Northwest a good opportunity to get on national TV, and we will soon have the boss lady herself, <laughs> Heather Standing, on our show, and she will talk about the King of the Cage fights from the uh Chinook Wins Casino yes. alright and La- if, Go if ahead. you
0: don't know uh, Heather standing she is the matchmaker for the Oregon branch of the King of the Cage yes she uh you also- know she, she's a she's a woman that got into the sport in probably 2009 2010 has really worked herself into it she's an important role and I think if, if you're a fighter in the northwest um she's an irreplaceable role so Absolutely. having her on come on and review beers with us. I'm really looking forward to that. She's a good friend of mine. Love Heather Standing. I can't wait to have her on our show.
1: Yeah. Although, I did when I did talk to her, she said she's not a huge beer fan, but she'll review a cider if they have them. So, we may have to uh, uh, equate her to beer. I gotta be honest, I, I just... I, I don't like fruit beer. I'm, well, I'm not a cider fan really at all. That's, yeah. my, that's my wife's deal. Not and how about my. these
0: Belgium cherry beers? <laughs> We're going to do a show sometime that's based solely on fruit beer, and it's going to be a laugh, laugh a minute at how terrible fruit beer is. But that's my
1: goal. We'll see how it turns out. Somebody may surprise us with a fruit beer. All right, let's get to our last beer here. This is the 10th beer in the sampler at Salem Ale yes, Works here in Salem, Oregon. What do you got?
0: Uh, this is uh, Juniperus uh, Vinifera. It's it's got an ABV of seven seven percent, IBU of Woo. thirty. So it's not gonna be real hoppy with that. It's a juniper L aged in a Pinot Noir bottle. For wine fans, it's 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 pretty much you take a, you take an IPA and you you put it in in a Pinot Noir.
1: Pinot Noir barrel that is essentially what it is and it's got you
0: it says it's got a unique bold flavor profile um, judging by this uh, this brewery's uh, work with the the cask that they used for their their whiskey brand I'm hoping it's uh, evenly flavored
1: you can definitely smell the pinot on the nose that is for sure Oof. it it, it I just, smells like wine it really does.
0: <laughs> I, wow, I haven't even tried it. Garrett's tried it. I haven't even tried it. I I smell that. Here's here's my I smell the wine on top of it.
1: Here, here's my problem. I'm not a wine fan at all, unless it's like an early Muscat, something that's in a uh-huh. dessert wine. But I can I can taste the vinegary Pinot Noir taste in that in that beer, and it's it's trouble for me. But we we'll, we will get through it. I'm I'm. This, this would be the one beer out of the ten that I would not get a pint of. And I can hear the guys behind me that are sitting at the bar.
0: I, I seriously would, but that's because I drink beer. I like to get a buzz. I, I, you know, I like to drink beer and fight, and I'm a – I just – I don't know. But this beer goes with me.
1: It's it's hard for me honestly because I'm I'm not a wine fan and I just I just can't do it. It's I mean I'll I'll get through, it, but this is not something that I would I would order. No, ever. all right, I'm gonna choose mine. I wouldn't really either.
0: I, I I think that I would order nine pints out of ten of these yes.
1: samplers. Yes.
0: Salem Ale Works, which is also um, an acronym for saw, and they, they show great homage to the logging industry. Absolutely. Um, yeah, dude, like, it's a, a great a brewery. brewery. Gr- great stuff. Uh, if you like wine and you like beer, this might this might be up your alley. This might be something you like. It's got a dark uh, copper color, a dark amber color. Again, the head, you know, it sticks to the side of, of the sampler. It's a four or five ounce sampler. take your time, because it's not like it's the bubble, you know, it bubble's good. It's oxygenated.
1: Um, it's just hard for me. I mean, honestly, it's, I have such you'd a hard time wine. You have to like wine. wine. You yes. have to like wine. Yes. Okay. That, is, that is perfect. In earlier, I, I,
0: earlier I, I said that the, the, the beer that's aged in whiskey barrels... Yes. I don't like it if it tastes like whiskey. This one has a wine taste. Yes. So... Um, it might not be up my alley for a pint, but all the rest were, and in, in, uh, I've enjoyed my time here immensely.
1: Yeah, and if you're 9 for 10 on beers, that's that's pretty good. That's, that's a B, man. That's good uh, that's, stuff.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah. Where, where are we at here, Gary? All right. What? Our last, our last, well, we'll go through a couple other things on top of, but we'll go through this, which to me, if you're a jiu-jitsu guy, is kind of, kind of news. Gerald C. Brent... Pled guilty to criminal negligent homicide. So uh, Rex, you know or you knew Gerald. You'll know him because he'll be back and he'll be out of prison here shortly. Go ahead. I'll I'll read what's going on. So Gerald Seabrant pled guilty to criminal negligent homicide in Springfield uh, due to a roadway shooting uh, in a plea bargain. Lane County prosecutors dropped the murder charge against Seabrant. And allowed him to enter a guilty plea far less serious. Seabrant, who was 35 years old, and he's, he's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt under Tenth Planet with Eddie Bravo. Uh, 35 was sentenced to four years, 10 months in prison, but will receive credit for his nearly 15 months in jail already, uh, and has served since the day of his arrest. He's been convicted of murder. Seabrant, who is also required to serve at least 25 years behind bars if he was con- uh, convicted of murder, the main piece of evidence that got him out of his murder conviction was that uh, the prosecution uh, basically said that the barrel of the handgun had a lot of the victim's uh, DNA on it meaning that the victim came at Seabrandt uh, while he's holding his weapon and Seabrant shot the victim in a road rage road rage incident but if if the victim is gonna hold the butt of i'm uh, sorry the barrel of the gun you know that he came at Seabrand. so i mean yeah. and, and, and that's that's one of those things where it's just circumstance honestly i mean he he did shoot a guy and kill a man with a rifle in a road rage incident road rage incident but at the same time you know if if the victim was reaching for his gun instead of doing you know what normal people would do and just holding up their hands saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that kind of thing. You know, it it, it was it ended up being self-defense. All right, and finally, Gra- uh, Glamour MMA has an eight-woman grappling tournament at the yes. Roseland in, P- in Portland, May 30th at 7 p.m. You can get your tickets at the door. This is uh, going to be an interesting uh, event, honestly. They were supposed to have some MMA, but they kind of canned the MMA and went straight to grappling. You've got anyone from a white belt to a black belt in this tournament for money. And I know a
0: couple. Wow, I didn't know for money. I know a couple women competing in it. We were with uh, Veronica Wilson, formerly Veronica Wakersham. She's married to Enoch Wilson, a former
1: opponent
0: of mine. Um, I I was there. Yeah. (laughs) Literally beat the shit out of me. I'm not even going to lie. A Good guy. Yes. It was a tough fight. He Sometimes is a good I man. Yes. Um. She's in it, uh, Veronica Wilson, and uh, you know she's a very formidable opponent in grappling and MMA. You also have Leah Taylor. Yes, is a great one. Those yes. are the two. When I see the list, I I look at it like. I hope those two meet in the final, and I think it's going to be just a gnarly battle of submission and grappling.
1: Well, and honestly, I mean, you've you've been in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for a decade and a half, right? Yes. If you were in a submission tournament and they said, look, we're going to put you in a submission tournament, and we're going to give you 500 bucks if you win, you'd enter, right? Absolutely. Because it's all about the money at the end of the day. That's all it's about. So... And it
0: doesn't get registered. There's there's nowhere in the world where these submission tournaments get registered and it counts on your record. Correct.
1: And you, have to, um, and you have to personally account for it. So you have these eight women who are going to go into a grappling tournament, essentially just going in there and doing what they do on a daily basis for five hundred to a thousand dollars. If I was a woman. I would be all over this. So so make sure you go to the Roseland, I'm sorry, May 30th, 7 p.m. for the Glamour MMA eight women grappling tournament. Go ahead.
0: And I, if I had to put money on it, which I don't put money on fights, I just, anything can happen. Um, I think that the one and two, the finals. Yes, go ahead. I, I believe the finals will be Veronica Wilson versus Leah Taylor. And Leah Taylor, I just think, is going to win it. I've ro- I've rolled with her. She's a, she's a great black belt in jiu-jitsu. Um, she's tough, man. I really think that that Leah Taylor is going to win that hands down. Glamour MMA um, at the Roseland.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't have a pick because I don't have enough dogs in the fight. I know that... Uh, Uh, Patty Elliott is in it. She's a white belt, and this is going to be interesting for her. I think she might be in over her head, but we'll see. But again, Um, uh, the Glamour MMA 8-Woman Grappling Tournament at the Roseland Theater, uh, May 30th at 7 p.m. You can get your tickets at the door. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, if you're talking about a white belt versus a black belt like Leah Taylor... Yeah, she's probably an overhead I don't know her right but I know this that I've rolled with uh, Leah Taylor and she's actually caught me in the arm bar so I you know no no one wants to admit they've been submitted by whatever or a woman or whatever but uh, Leah Taylor is as legit as they come and I think that she's gonna win that tournament
1: right all right so uh, now we're gonna close the show so coming up every Wednesday on SoundCloud Potomaniac. And at the globalcombatnetwork.com. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our show so you can hear us every single Wednesday. You can also follow us at NW Hop Team on Twitter, Instagram at Northwest underscore Hop underscore Team. You can send us email at Northwest at gmail.com. Follow us on Untapped. I'm on Untapped at Shocker NW24. And I'm on Untapped at R Pain77. Pain P A Y N E. He makes it so simple. And go ahead and go and like us on our page at Facebook.com, Northwest Hop Team. All right, Rex, for you and me, this is podcast number two. This went well, and I'm sure you're a big fan of uh, Salem Aleworks now, aren't you?
0: I really am. This was a great brewery. I would order 9 out of 10 of these beers as pints. Yeah. Um,
1: you give a brewery a beer on ten on 10 samples, that is definitely the way to go.
0: I love it. This is a great place. I love the motif. I like the, the homage to the logging. Oregon's a huge logging community um, historically. And
1: yeah, we're out. All right. Once again, from Rex and I, cheers. Till next week.